Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths. Welcome to the show. Boy, do we have a fascinating guest to talk with today. We're going to try to cover a lot, like manifesting, being an empath, developing your intuition. We'll see how far we get. But first, let me tell you about our amazing guest. Summer McStravick has been practicing and teaching manifesting and inner healing techniques that work for over 20 years. She calls her fantastic methods Flow Dreaming and has helped build Hay House Radio, co-hosted a fabulous show with Wayne Dyer, and built programs for leaders in our field, such as Greg Braden, Marion Williamson, Susie Orman, and Jerry and Esther Hicks. She hosts the Flow Dreaming podcast, which I think you guys would love because she talks a lot about being an empath on that show. She's the author of several books, such as her Flow Dreaming series and Stuff Nobody Taught You, 45 Lessons from ME School to Help You Stop Being Miserable and Start Feeling Amazing. And that introduction, ladies and gentlemen, is really and truly just the tip of the iceberg for all the fantastic things Summer has and continues to do in order to help us manifest a beautiful life. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Samantha. I'm, I'm delighted. It tickled beyond words to be here. We are too. Let's start off with, for people, there might be one or two listeners who haven't heard of you. Tell us what your definition of flow dreaming is. Oh, the short form, um, it, it, it's tough. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lengthy explanation, but essentially um, it's a daily practice or an anytime practice um, to get yourself into flow space using guided daydreaming wherein we use the power of our magnificent, gorgeous, energetic, emotional selves, our emotions, to sculpt and shape our life, where it's where we want to go, who we're becoming, what we'd like the universe to help us with or provide us with. Um, and beyond that, it's a whole uh, philosophy. It's kind of like yoga, right? There's the practice that you do, the physical that affects your physical self, and then there is the entire world behind it that explains what and why. So um, I'm a, obviously I'm a devotee, you know, to my bones. I've been doing it for about 23 years now. I am too. And, you know, I had to write an article for a spiritual magazine on the science behind daydreaming. And I was riveted because I've been listening to you, like I said, before we started recording for years and to find that science is now backing up everything you've said about manifesting, that's got to be amazing for you as well as it was for me. Oh, my God. Yeah. So when I wrote my first book, Flow Dreaming, it was uh, I was writing it in 2004 and there was nothing. Daydreaming was still like totally poo pooed, you know, the scientific community, even the psychological community. They were like, eh, it's just something your brain does when it just drifts off. It, it'll come back. And I remember saying, you know what? Nothing our bodies or beings do is irrelevant. And most things that our bodies or beings do have multiple functions. I mean, my tongue helps me talk. It helps me taste. It helps me discern poison from, you know, uh, nutrients. Daydreaming is doing a lot of different things for me. It's not just cataloging my, uh, you know, my memories or, or whatnot, it, it's doing more. And that's when it first got the inkling that 
you know, I, I started to see daydreaming as kind of like, mm, you know how we have these awesome little like devices called computers today. And they're always out there checking the World Wide Web. They are checking the email. They're they're always connected. But it's only, we don't notice it until we're saying, oh, go search for something. Imagine if our bodies, our beings also had a capacity to perform that same kind of consciousness search, that same kind of check-in, that check-in with our higher power, our higher being, um, all of consciousness itself, source, and it operated in almost the same function. Well, it would have to have some method of doing that and probably a method that operates largely in the background that we don't even realize we're doing, hence daydreaming. Anyway, I've yeah. got a whole lot. I could talk for an hour on just that with you. It's powerful stuff. And I love that because it's unique to the individual. Like, yes, you're you're tapping into that collective energy. Yes, you have all of that. But you and I and Samantha, we're all going to do it a little bit differently. So it aligns with our little soul light. And as you were speaking, I was thinking about meditation can be very receptive. And daydreaming can be really receptive because we've shut off that thinking part. So that's kind of a jump in the fence. But one of the things that I am absolutely fascinated with that you brought up is that you said you read minds. And a lot of times when we're doing readings, when we're working with people, they'll say, oh, you're just reading my mind. It's like you're in my head. So how do you discern between, I know this is kind of jumping around a bit, between reading a mind and what you're getting intuitively, which is that more receptive state? kind of tied together. Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you, Denise. Um, So I I look at the world as, I'm going to use, I'm going to stick with the whole computer thing, okay? We're either um, typing an email and sending it to somebody, we're putting information out into the world, or we're reading an email that's come in from somebody. So if we look at information, like base information, as flowing in two directions all the time, in and out, and like you said, meditation is often an inward. We let the thoughts come, we release them. We don't, we don't, we don't send essentially. However, when I do my intuitive work, it's a little different than when I do my manifesting work. For me, manifesting is about sending data out. It's sending the email. It's going, I always call it my my flow dreaming practice, I call it we're going up and out, right? We're expanding outward. Very different than say subconscious programming, which is going deep and going inward, right? Going down. On the other hand, if I am reading information, people call it being psychic or intuitive or empathic. And I'm like, no, I'm just I'm just taking the same current like electricity. There's ACDC it goes in two directions. Right. Which one do you want to play in right now? So reading for me is just going out there and seeing what's happening and finding the particular place where I want to go. And for me, when I'm in someone's mind, so my kind of like my specialty, because we all have we all have like favored ways or our specialties, right? Some people are like, I read animals and I read bodies and medicine. And I happen to just know what people are thinking <laughs> and collections, like collectives of people, like a whole workplace has a vibe and energy, a collected um, a set of information that everybody's put in together, for instance. So I'm able to go and say, I can feel this and I call it an energy signature because for me, it, I try to pull things away from known um, terminology like souls because God, we've got so much baggage around that. So I'm like, I'm reading your soul. You're like, oh, no, you're not. Like, okay, fine. I'm reading your energy signature. It's unique. It's distinctive. It's a compilation of all that you've ever been, what you are now, and where you're going. 
And I can feel you as simple as when I think of somebody I know personally, um, they have a, a distinctive flavor, texture, essence that I can't put my finger on. I can only call it as distinctive as a signature. So I just go find that. And for me, when I'm working empathically, um, it's very helpful if the person I'm speaking with calls up their impression of the person. And I often say, um, it's like skipping stones on water. I'll go through you, you feel them, I'm going to go to them and I'll go, I'll frankly go as far out as I can until the, you know, the lead goes dry. You know, the, the, the dog loses the scent essentially. So I don't know if that kind of answered it, but that, that's sort of my impression of what it's like to dip into someone's mind. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. love that too. And I wonder if you could use that to help with flow dreaming manifesting. I remember years ago reading during the uh, the Cold War crisis, Pope John Paul said that every night he would ask his guardian angel to talk to Gorbachev and Reagan so that they would get along and help each other. And I always wondered, like, is that why, you know, the whole communism fell and bring down that wall? I wonder if that helped. Could we use that intuition in tandem with manifesting to, as you were saying, like, like daydream out, you know, and, and put those thoughts out there? to other people, like say, if we're trying to get a job or we're trying to get uh, the contract on the house we bid for or what or what have you, could that work? So I'm, I'm very careful about that. Obviously I look at everybody as a king or queen in their own king or queendom or theydom, whatever, whatever works for you. Meaning I have my own inner power and I have all the power over me. Nobody actually has any power over me. People I love, I give them some power, but I'm the one offering it to them because I love and care about them and how they think and feel about me is important, right? But if I, if we are all individual vessels of our own inner power, other people are as well. So this whole idea that you can influence or push or 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 make other people do things, I, I call it into question and I'm careful. However, what I found is, um, let's say I'm, I'm working with a client and they're saying, my husband is incredibly miserable at his work. He, we, he needs a new job so bad. He just can't seem to lift his head above water. He can't, he can't, he just, nothing has worked. Can you help? Can we help? And what I'll do then is I'll say, what we can do is we can create a kind of benevolence around him. We can create positive and beautiful conditions. And I call this pre-paving. Um, sometimes I call it pre-paving conversations. And what I'm doing is I'm creating a kind of energetic, emotional template, right? A, a blueprint in energy. And life then can look at that blueprint, say, aha, we see exactly what they want. And when there's a good time to drop that into actual physical manifestation, boom, it's already there, ready to go. So I would work with this person and I'd say, okay, we're going to go in, we're going to find John or whoever it is. And we're going to say, you are surrounded by the best opportunities. Things are just happening for you that are blowing your mind. You just, you can't believe how easily this happened, how unstuck you feel, how valued you are. You are leaping, you are grinning, you are shimmering and shining. Now, this energy is around John. John has the opportunity to receive that energy and take it. Or he has the opportunity to say, no, actually, I don't want a new job. My wife is totally wrong. It's her that wants me to get a new job. But he has the choice in that case to dip in and take it or to simply say, yeah, this doesn't match me at all. Yeah, well, let it go. 
Um, but I do the same thing with conversations, for instance. Like we often, uh, like you said, like getting a job, oh, oh, the best thing to do, a little tip for everybody, right? You're gonna go into an interview. The words that come out of your mouth are secondary to the energy that you exude. All of us has have this ability to kind of read. I always say it's like a blinking neon sign. I, and I remember I've, I've hired well on maybe 40 plus people in my career. They come in, they sit down and they tell me all the good things. And their energy is going, I really don't want this job. I'd rather just not work yet. I'm still damaged from my last job. God help me. What if I get this job? I'm going to have to go back to work. Damn it. And I'm getting this really weird, like, what the heck? And it's, you know, I always tell people when you feel confusion, it's because you're really receiving two sets of, of information. The one that's coming out of a person's mouth and the one that's coming out of them. When you walk into a job, when you have to be very careful of what you're really intending to exude. But if you really do want that job, the best thing to do before, and I do this, by the way, before I get on stages and speak to crowds, I pre-love them. <laughs> I'll sit there and I'll say, I love you guys. We connect. I feel you. You feel me. This is superb. I already love you. Same thing with an interview. Oh my gosh, this was so, like, it just went... It, fabulously in the right direction. I was just completely shining and showing myself. I was wide open and everything that I said was great. And it happened at the right time, on the right date, exactly when all of the conditions were optimal. Boom. And that's something that's so good and juicy. I mean, any recruiter or boss, they're not going to say no to that. They want that too. But I'm careful because like I said, sometimes you think you know what other people want when really it's the wife who wants you to get the new job. So I'm always careful, you know, I'm always cautious. You guys probably do something similar. Definitely. And I love that distinction, which, you know, really we're dancing around is the ethics of doing this work, you know, yeah. and the ethics of being intuitive and manifesting and, and manifesting for other people. It's very, very tricky. And I think you just answered that beautifully. So thank you. You're welcome. And you also brought into point the fact that it's we all have choice and free will. And I think when a lot of times when we're working with people intuitively or in a group setting or a work environment, people want to impose what exactly what you just said, what they think is the best for the situation or the person. And one of the things uh, years ago, I was uh, someone, it doesn't matter what the story is. And I thought, uh-oh, am I getting in the way of their life path by me thinking that my answer is better than the one that they've laid out for themselves? And I think as sensitive people, as empaths, we want everybody to feel good. We want to just make it okay for people. But sometimes it's none of our business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I have a phrase, I call it, I have a collection of magic phrases. And one of them is this or better. So I'm like, okay, is that what you want? That's cool. This or better. Meaning if this isn't in the highest good, if this isn't holding the most benevolence, then we want whatever is. So you can settle on the thing that you think is right, or you think is the solution or answer. But I need you to stay wide open because if it's not, we don't want it. What we're really reaching for is the best and the highest and the one that is most full of ease, the most full of opportunity, the most full of connection, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah, I 100% I agree on that. I'm a big fan of goal books and I always write this or something better on the last page 
for all the reasons you said, but also for something you said earlier, which is, I think so many of us forget how powerful we are. And sometimes the universe is trying to give us things and we're like, oh, I'm not worthy of that. You know, it's like Wayne Dyer used to say, the world is your ocean and most of us are coming to it with a teaspoon. You know, we don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't realize all the beauty that's out there that's waiting to come to us and that we have a right to because we are powerful and we are divine co-creators. So that's another reason why I always say this or something better so that I don't lock myself into thinking small. Yeah, that reminds me, you know, years and years ago, I, I probably hit a choice a decision point in my life. I'm, I can't even realize when it was. And I could teach people about empathic development, uh, mediumship, or I could teach people about manifesting, the reading of data or the writing of data. And I became more obsessed with the writing of, of data, right? The sending it out um, precisely for that reason that I felt, and that's really where flow dreaming came in for me because that's the technique to create with. When people are asking for things, they often far undershoot, like you said, what they can actually receive. And if you're teaching a person a skill, like you can have all of this, if you can vision it, if, if I would say, if, if the thought of something has dropped into your head, it is not an accident. It means it's time. If you believe in divine timing and, you know, divine um, connection, if it's there, it means that you have woken or your awareness or your life skills have reached the point where you can now conceive of this. If you can conceive of this, you can complete this. Source isn't going to give you something and go, neener, 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 you can think it, but you can't have it. It always comes, it always comes with the ability to get. And so people think, well, I kind of want this, but I can't. I'm like, oh, if it entered your head, it's there. Even when someone says, I want to earn a million dollars. And they're like, ah, no way I could. I'm like, actually, it's in your head. You're the one who just said no. And what happens if you said yes? Do you think things will unfold? Would, would new paths open that are currently not even on the table yet? I would really love to see a person who devoutly took that into their heart and said, if I saw it, I could possibly, no, I could completely achieve this. So, yeah. I don't know if that, that kind of kind Perfect of answers or <laughs> I, I lose track sometimes when I go down these little rabbit holes of thought, <laughs> just how I am. <laughs> well, but you made a really good point. Another really good point is that, uh, and maybe I'm, I'm projecting, but you need to be able to co-create this. You need to be able to work with your team. You need to be able to be open to, to accepting the help and not have to just muscle through. Or we talked to countless people that are saying, I, I'm stuck, I'm trapped. And and it's really hard not to say, well, you're making a choice because that's yeah. almost borders on cruel to say that to someone if they're in a really difficult place. But kind of where I'm going with this is I, we've all done this long enough that we know you continue to grow and evolve and change. And there's no way you're never going to get everything that there is to learn in this world and intuitive and flow dreaming. What would be a stepping off point for someone who's trying to open up to manifestation or flow dreaming and they're saying, I'm stuck. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm worthy or capable. Uh, such a good question. I, it, it's such a common uh, place and it's a place that I think I've, I've yet to meet somebody who hasn't found themselves in that place. I sure have 
probably dozens of times, or I look around and I say, all the options on the table, frankly, suck. And I don't want any of them. And that's what stuck feels like. They all, mm -hmm. the, everything I'm looking at sucks. And so I'd rather just sit here. And my answer to that is always, look, if you want life to give you new cards, you got to play the ones you've currently got in your hand. And I don't care how crummy those cards are. Throw the twos down, throw the fours down, because you're not going to get new stuff until you do. We think sometimes, oh, I can't take that step or that's going to be the wrong step. And so we don't take any steps at all. Take the wrong step. Maybe that's the one that leads you to the right step. That goes into this whole discussion, though, of uh, getting what I call beyond fear in your life, um, beyond the need to do all the right things at all the right moments, um, the fear of failure. If it, 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 The universe cannot shake out a, a whole bunch of new you know, Scrabble letters do you, do you write the darn dumb word like T-O? You're like, I didn't want to play that. You have to because you're going to get a Z in the next round. So for me, stuck is, okay, so in, in flow dreaming philosophy, the world is up and down and back and forth and stuck and moving, right? It's also physical and non-physical. And what that means is that you can take physical action and you can do non-physical action, which I call pre-action. So if a person is stuck, I'm like, take physical action, do any of the actions, whatever is in front of you. Life didn't put the current set of stuff there if there wasn't a reason or a, a way through to the next point. Otherwise, again, source is going, neener, neener, neener. I just like toying with you. You're my little mouse and I'm the cat. But I don't think any of us want to have that relationship and nor do we believe that to be true. What it means is door number one, door number two, or door number three, the price is right, right? One of those doors, even though you don't want any of them, is there for a reason and you're going to move through it. So start taking action. And people say, inspired action, divine action. And I'm like, no, no, just, just any action, just literally any, any action. Take the job you don't want, um, you know, quit the job you hate, whatever it may be, do it. Now, on the other side of that uh, is the pre-action. So if we think about this, most of us are living life constantly responding to what the world has already given to us. Um, we are replying or responding or reacting. And you know we do that at work all day, we do it to our kids all day, and we look ahead to our life and like we think about tomorrow, what's gonna happen? Well, we base tomorrow on what happened today and what happened yesterday, makes sense to us. But that means you're not really in a manifesting role, you're in a reactive role. We want to jump from that space sometimes in our life to the preactive role, right? To the pre-sponding, not the responding, the pre-sponding role. That's when you get ahead. That's when you get in the driver's seat. Or in my world, you start to build those uh, non-physical, energetic, and emotional templates. So a, a true manifester is saying, I'm responding to a lot of stuff, but if I really want to change direction and make new things, and this plays right into the idea of being stuck, Right. You're responding. Of course, you're doing the same thing over and over based on what's already been built. You have to shift and you have to say, no, I'm going to feel this way instead. And this is where I teach people to create what I call emotion on demand. Um, you need to give the universe a very clear understanding of how you actually want to feel in your life. And the things that might lead you to those feelings, cool. You can focus on those two, the work or the relationship, whatever. But if you don't tell life how you actually want to feel, if you just keep feeling in response, it's going to keep giving to you whatever your responses have been. 
it's totally different than fake it till you make it because I'm totally aware of what's happened yesterday and the day before. I'm a realist here. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> but I have to stop for a moment and say, oh, I am wealthy beyond reason. I feel secure. I feel safe. I have all of my needs met. I feel intense connection, love, and generosity. I feel new opportunities constantly pouring into my life. I feel directions and skylines opening that I can just pour myself into. It's so easy. Now, maybe nothing in my life right now is actually that way. But until I step into that moment of telling the universe, this is actually who I am, and I'm not going to say it to you, and I'm not going to wish it for you or, or put a vision board together, I'm going to be it. I'm starting with the being of it. Like that's the biggest resonance you can make with the universe is the being of it. This is kind of all standard law of attraction talk now. But that's what I'm doing when I go into flow. And to get out of being stuck, I'm, I'm getting really intense on this is the energetic blueprint. This is the pre-action, the pre-spawning I'm doing. And when I do my flow dreaming technique, I'm basically doing it every single day. And I'm adding more and more and more of those particular emotions to myself. I'm literally changing my energetic and emotional structure and my whole soul and being. Because what we experience, like what we encounter, becomes who we are. Like I always think it's so cool. You guys are in my energy for eternity now. And I'm in yours. So like I once information is known, it's not unknown. You know, 400 years from now, they're like, do you remember Denise and Samantha? I'm like, yes, I had that experience. They're part, they're part of me. So, you know, whatever we're making is what we're becoming. Yeah, I love that. I love, you know, deal with the cards you're dealt to get new cards. That's that's perfect. Something I've noticed with manifesting, I'd love your opinion on. I, I feel like sometimes it's the strongest energy that wins, not necessarily the quote unquote best energy. So I'll, I'll give you an example. I had a, a good friend and her husband did take a new job and it wasn't what she thought was the best choice for him. And so she kept saying every day that I would talk to her about this, she would say, I know he's going to fail at this. I know he's going to fail at this. It became her mantra. And I used to say to her, if you keep saying that, you're going to make that happen. But she wasn't into all this metaphysical, spiritual, woo-woo stuff, right? So she was like, Ew. she's like, well, that's because it is, because it's a stupid movie made it, da-da-da-da-da. Sure enough, not even six, eight months later, it failed. And I just have always wondered, you know, can we manifest that way too? Oh, yeah. Sorry, but yeah. yeah. What Think about this. If she was pre-paving a conversation with her husband and frankly, the whole company, every time she was thinking about that, she was not just running around in her head, but her emotion was squirting out of her like an octopus's ink. Okay. <laughs> I get the weirdest images, you guys. I don't know if you do the same thing, but I have Yeah, to. but no, but it's great. Okay. So- it's going out there. It's going into him. It's going around the circumstances. And eventually, again, he's got a choice. The company, everybody has their individual choices, but she's surrounding them with this constant, what I call lack thinking. And as humans, we have oftentimes a tremendous amount of lack thinking in us. This is not going to work. It's not going to go well. I need to prepare and I need to brace. Like when you're bracing for impact, like your body literally retracts and kind of hardens 
energetically, we do the same thing all the time with things in our life. We get ready for the other shoe to drop. We get ready for the thing that's going good to be taken away from us. We get ready for the universe to say, you can have this for a little while, but ha, we're going we're gonna to take it away because that's what we do. When we're constantly spewing out that kind of emotion, the, the emotion of lack, what's the universe to think? It's not judging us. It's just going, okay, so so make it so. There you go. Little Picard, make it so. You're That's what you're expecting. That's what you're receiving. A big part of the work that I do today um, is to hunt down lack thinking like a crazy woman. I mean, I'm, I am always looking for it in my life. I've even done challenges with myself where every time a lack thought enters my mind over the course of like two hours, I write it down. It is astounding what comes out. Everything from, God, I'm not going to have dinner ready on time, right? Totally normal thought to, oh, I don't know if I'll, you know, make this bill or, uh, you know, my, uh, I'm worried about my daughter. I'm, um, oh man, you know, I, I can't have that Twinkie cause I'm already overweight. You know, it's just constant. It's constant. And biologically there's some really smart, you know, science around why we do this because evolutionarily we had to look out for the tigers and bears first. We had to be on guard for the things that were going to eat us or hurt us, but we have been evolving. And we're able to now see that a lot of the lack thinking that we're continuously gushing out is irrelevant. And it's tipped over into mental health. It's tipped over into catastrophic thinking. It's tipped over into negativity bias. There's lots and lots of terms out there for this. So just to give you, here's another way of looking at it. A few years ago, it's 2015, actually, more than a few years ago, um, I realized that the only emotion in my life that I felt really stopped me from everything I wanted to manifest, you know, going back to the teaspoon in the ocean, the only emotion that I was still experiencing that always skidded things to a halt was fear. And I said, okay, I'm really going to learn what fear means. Some fear is telling me good stuff. Um, the fire alarm goes off, smell for fire. I need that. I need to have that kind of fear. When the fire alarm is going off and it's in the middle of the night and I can't get it turned off in the bedroom and it's actually just the low battery and it's beeping and it's beeping and it goes on for days. We've all been on Zoom calls where somebody has a beeping low battery and you're like, how many weeks has that been going on for? You know, I mean, like, come on. Then fear has changed its nature. It's still trying to get your attention. It's still a good thing, but it's become a bad thing for you. So I said, I'm going to get beyond fear. If I feel fear in any way about anything, the minute I sense and feel that emotion, I have to do the thing. It's a really big challenge to give yourself. It's when I give a lot of my advanced students. Um, because even if you just chip away at it, you end up discovering that it's, a, it's, a, it's an alert, but it's not a block in most cases, almost all cases. Um, excepting when it's saying you're on a road that's not right for you, get off this path, get off this path. We're going to keep sending brambles and, and boulders here until you smarten up and get off this path. But otherwise, it's usually like holding you back, keeping you back. So yeah, you can you can manifest a lot with um, negative emotions. But again, okay, oh, we were, before we started recording, mentioning this, right? Emotions as crayons. Yes. <sighs> okay.
those old crayon boxes. Um, and like Denise was saying, the ones that have the, the little sharpener in the back. Okay, think about our emotions as crayons in a box, every color you can imagine. And, you know, some crayons get worn down to nothing, like the blue sky. Oh, we're always coloring with that. It's so amazing. We don't ever want to bring out the black crayon, right? Or that gray crayon, because to make those, you know, yucky gray rain clouds. Burnt sienna. The... <laughs> Burnt sienna. Oh, olive I... green. Yeah, I oh. never liked those. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. We all have our least favorites. If you don't have the black crayon, though, you can't paint the night sky, right? Which means that you can't have the stars up there either. So every emotion we have is a beautiful signal to us and it has potency and something you can work with. The key is to start seeing which emotions am I most usually sculpting or pre-acting or pre-sponding in my life. Once you get aware of that and you start to shift that and you shift it in flow, meaning you're shifting it while in connection to your higher self or higher power with this, this outpouring of who you are you're now building whole new empires of emotion inside yourself that life now is forced to respond to. Like, and I see how I always say our life responds to us. Like if you've ever changed the way you interact with somebody, like a person who says, I'm finally going to have boundaries with you. And so one day you just say, no, that's not cool. I'm not going to do that. You don't have to change the other person, but the very fact that you changed they are now forced. They cannot react to you the same way. They become confused. They become off balanced. They get mad. They 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 lose interest in you, whatever it may be. They're, they must they must respond to you. So I, I look at the universe the same way. I change me. The universe around me must respond in a new way. And I'm not making it and I'm not forcing it because I'm doing it to me first. So that's what I do with the power of my emotions in, in regards to my manifesting. And to go all the way back to your question, that's why I look for lack. And that's why I look for fear around every corner. And it's always there, by the way. It's, I, I haven't yet found a room without it. <laughs> but, you know, I got a ways to go still. Well, but awareness is key. Yes. And everything that you just said, what I love, love, love is that you're helping people reduce that conditioned response so that they can rewrite the emotional loop tape that they've been telling themselves over and over and over, or that they inherited through, you know, epigenetics or through ancestral lineage or through programming. And I think your use of the word fear is absolutely perfect because we don't know how to do it another way if we haven't had that experience. So from what you're sharing through flow dreaming, you're giving people the tools that they need to be able to look at those loop tapes or look at those emotions and say, wow, this was never mine to own to begin with. Why do I keep carrying that torch? That's amazing. Yes. And as empaths, we particularly know that we pick up things that do not belong to us and we make it our own because we are essentially, I call us chameleons. We blend into our environments and our backgrounds like nobody's business. And many of us who grew up in um, trauma, we particularly honed that skill much earlier and to a much higher degree than others. We always say, why are so many empaths, you know, why are we all messed up? <laughs> Put it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not that we are. It's just that we actually were required to use that skill set to read the room at a much younger age, you know, to protect ourselves or protect others emotionally or even physically. And so we, it turns out, tend to have a little higher proportion of those of us who've really been through some stuff. 
the way I do things, I can either go back and try to heal that stuff, or I can look forward and try to create new stuff. And eventually it's like a little bit of both. Imagine if I'm, imagine if I'm a clear vessel of, of, of translucent energy and my life in the past has poured a lot of burnt sienna, <laughs> olive and, and gray. <laughs> and that's, those are the emotions I typically feel all the time. Well, I can, I can go try to flush those out and do the healing and the trauma release and it will help. Or I could just start putting in some gorgeous hot pink fuchsia, peachy pink stardust, and I could just pour it in and pour it in and pour it in. The trauma, you know, those colors are still there, but the whole glass starts to change in the direction of what I'm now putting in because energy is energy is energy, right? It's going to be there. So my work and what I focus a lot on is I pour in the good stuff, the, the sugar every day as often as I can. I did it this morning. I did it last night in the shower. And, and for me, then life has to, again, respond in kind. So the stuff that I start to see coming in around me starts to match the twinkly hot pink and silvers, which happen to be colors I really like. <laughs> you can't tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, your your life's work clearly illustrates that this works. So we are so appreciative of you taking time to come on our show and share it. And guys, we highly recommend you check her out, flowdreaming.com and her podcast, Flow Dreaming. Uh, you've got great episodes on there. The Empath and the Narcissist was absolutely riveting. So I know our listeners will appreciate checking you out. Uh, would love to have you back on the show, too. Oh, thank you. I know. I feel like we could go on for another hour or two. Great conversation. Really fun. Thank you. Really fun. And we covered most of what we wanted. Manifesting intuition and empaths. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, that reminds me. Another magic phrase. Last thought. The yellow brick road of yeses. Okay. That's an actual flow dream, a guided flow dream that I made. It, it, it beautifully encapsulates that feeling of everything in life says yes to me. Everything I want, everything that's in the right and most perfect direction says yes. And as empaths, if you focus on what is the, the feeling effect, the, the energy of yes, it's like it blazes. It's the opposite of no. No is shutting down. No is the fear one. Yes is akin to the love one. So lions, tigers, and bears. Uh, <laughs> the yellow brick road of yeses. Go there. <laughs> I love that. And I love the fact that you're you're up you're you're bringing this positive spin without it being uh unrealistic or pollyanna or don't worry just click your heels it'll be great it's it's none of that it's more you're in control you can get in the driver's seat whenever you choose to do so or you can and and this is an expression i use it which maybe was a little harsh but why would you want to waste your turn staying stuck in what's already happened when you have the opportunity to switch it out and enjoy life more, have more fun, make more of a difference, raise your vibration, because that's the beautiful thing that's happening right now is this transition we're all going through in humanity is we get to choose. It's it's pretty damn exciting. I 100% agree. 100% yeah. agree. Oh. Yeah. I, any, any, any person who ever frames information and is empaths again and, and readers and mediums, we have to be so careful. The minute I say something to someone, I'm very aware that it's now in them, yeah. right? They have folded their information into them. 
and they will oftentimes believe it, right? You know, they'll say that that works because if it's something negative, I've reaffirmed a negative belief that was pre-existing. If it's something positive, I'm giving them hope for something because they trust me and they trust my insights. So no matter what I see for somebody, there has to be a way to step through it. And that's, that's always what I communicate. Hmm, you have an opportunity to step through something. Do you want to take it? Because dang, it's a game changer on the other side. Do you, do you want to go for that? And chances are the person's going to go, yeah. And I never have to say about any negative opportunities. And in fact, just telling them that could skewer them away from the potential of the negative possibility that had until then been coming up or what I was sensing on the horizon. That makes sense? Perfect sense. Thank you. Yeah. Summer, before we let you go, tell us about some great offerings you have for our listeners. Ooh, well, I have been busy building for 20 plus years. So when you go to my website, don't be overwhelmed. I have a mastermind there where I have 36 courses that I taught my private students over the last three years. Um, they include, uh, you know, uh, video teachings with worksheets, over 45 flow dreams. It's all packed together as well as um, a workshop, a live workshop that I do with everybody every single month. And in February, I'm doing one about love on Valentine's Day. Uh, whether there's time, whether that's happened already or not, uh, March coming up is going to be full moon manifesting. So that that's a super good resource to get started with, as well as any of the playlists. And you know, I also forgot to mention I have an app, like an actual app on your phone, uh, where people can learn this art of flow dreaming. Um, there's a tutorial there and some free ones to get started with, along with a whole library of ones you can do. It's like meditation. You can do it on your own. I teach the process totally for free. Or if you prefer like guided meditations, I actually have these guided flow dreams or guided energy activations more appropriately, where I bring you into these manifestational states around everything under the sun. So yeah, I think those are some really good places to start. And it would be someone who's initially stepping onto this path or someone who may have been doing it for 20 or 30 years, they're still going to be able to it's going to meet them where they are on their journey. A hundred percent. A lot Beautiful. of stuff I have is for brand new people who are like, what is this? And I, I step you through like, okay, try this and do that. And then of course, there's a lot of people who've, you know, been doing this work since, you know, a long, I won't say how old we are, but for a long time, decades. And they're like, I already know a lot about this. I'm like, great, let's take it to the next level. Cause I've been doing it decades too. Check this out. And then we go into things like advanced manifesting or, you know, the, the supreme power of being deeply connected to source and how that looks and feels, guideposts and things like that. So, yeah. It's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. That was beautiful. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you, Summer. Thank you, Samantha. Thank you, Denise. Been amazing. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Please remember, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.